Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Unlimited Access series, where Dr. Jones teaches on various aspects of Christian prayer. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, believers have unlimited access to dialogue with our Father in heaven. Now let's join them for today's message. I'm going to invite you, I want you all to go to Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. One day a man was sitting in his room and death showed up in his room. And before death was going to take him, he asked death, he pleaded, and he, he said, Death, can you give me one more week? One more week, death, just give me one more week. And as they discussed, death decided, I'm going to give you an extra week. I give you an extra week. You can do some things that you want to do. You can get some affairs in order for your family. And then I'll see you this time next week. He said, but I want to let you know, you're going to be one of 100 that I'm coming to get. The man with with some selfishness in his heart said, all right, that's a deal. I can take that. You know, give me one more week for 100 people. Cool, I can take it. Just showed up the next week. And it wasn't just 100. It was 1,000. He told death, he said, death, hold up, hold up. You said 100. I don't want them out my hands on 1,000. And he said, no, 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 this 100 is for you. The other 900 died because they was worried about the weak. See, sometimes because of anticipation, because of expectancy, because of the worst and the dire things that we see down the future, We can set ourselves up for detriment and even death when it comes to us worrying about stuff. We can get so worried about things to the point that people have lost hair worrying about things. People have lost their voices worrying about things. People have lost movement in their limbs worrying about tomorrow, worrying about the next week, worrying about the next month, worrying about the next year. Today, we're going to look and take heed at God's word of what he has to say when it comes to us worrying about it and what we do in place of worry. What we place at the foot of the cross when it comes to us worrying about our lives, our hopes and dreams and our futures. In this passage, he says, be anxious for nothing. Now, this follows him talking about rejoicing in the Lord, you know, always. Now, what's peculiar about him writing a letter such as this and him mentioning about rejoicing in the Lord so much throughout this letter is that Paul is writing this letter from jail. So typically from jail, you're not writing and telling people to be rejoicing in Christ because he's been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. But he's writing to the Philippian Christians and letting them know that this joy that we have in Christ, even in the midst of bad situations. And he's basically like, look at me, I'm in jail and I'm looking how I'm responding. When it comes to me understanding who I am when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He tells them to rejoice. And after he finishes this, he's talking about the Lord is near. And then he says, look, because we understand where the Lord is, because we understand who we are in Christ, be anxious for nothing. That another way we're just saying, don't worry about anything. That's hard because, you know, we got deadlines. You know, we got we got stuff we're trying to live up to. We got mouths to feed. You know, we have all these things going on in our lives. And it's one thing for me to tell you. It's one thing for anybody to tell you, don't worry about it. It's a whole nother thing for me to tell you, don't worry about it, because you need to understand the promises and the guarantees that we have in Jesus Christ. He says, be anxious for nothing. See, he starts off and he says, don't worry. See, when we worry, that's mental distress. It's a fear. And fear comes out of a lack of control, right? When it's something that's not a threat to us that we know we can control, we're not scared of it. But then when something show up that we can't control, you know, we have some fear with that, you know, right? Well, some statistics say it's like, you know, 85 to 90% of the stuff you worry about don't even come to pass. Like, don't even happen. We worry about the worst, and it, don't even, it doesn't even happen. And then we look up, and we look back on like, why did I, I actually lost seconds of my life? I actually lost things I could have enjoyed during that time when I was worrying about it. He says, don't worry. Do not fear. Now, the reason I said we fear what we can't control is because our response to it would be different when we really start to grasp who really is in control. Like when we really start to wrap our minds around who is really in control, because it, truth be told, we 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 not in control of very much at all. You know, just the other day we went to a restaurant and I ordered some stuff on a special diet, and I just hope they ain't mess it up, right? You know, you we're all dependent on the truck driver to bring the food to the grocery store and make sure it's refrigerated right, so when we pick up that grocery, it's not spoiled, right? We don't know those people, don't know nothing about them, never will see them. Yet we got hope. There's very little we control. Once we start to wrap our minds around, we can gain a confidence. We can gain this security when we understand who really is on the throne. We got to understand who is really in control. Like, I, w- I want y'all to see something. I want y'all to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 25 and following. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. This is what Jesus has to say. He says, for this reason I say to you. Do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? And who are you and who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And while you worried about clothing, observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, they're not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what, what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So don't worry. 
about tomorrow. For your tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble for its own. It's a big deal when it comes to this life in Christ. It's so prevalent. People are so pessimistic. People are so worried. People are so scared. People are so fearful about so many things in lives that they put their trust and their hope in the wrong places and in the wrong people. So when your trust and your confidence has been placed in the wrong people, your fear is natural. Because they, too, lack control. They, too, are unpredictable. But we understand that we serve a God whose character is unchanging, whose promises are guaranteed. I don't need to worry about a thing. But there is a truth to concern. We can be concerned. We can have things on our mind. But concern is care without fear. It's care without fear. Like I can be concerned when we go to the beach and my kids out there in the water. You know, I got a concern, but I'm not fearful. I can be concerned about, you know, uh, by next year, you know, what thing is going to be financially. Yet I'm not fearful. Why? Because I know God takes care of me. Why? Because he's promised me in Christ Jesus. Now, I ain't say lavishly. I just said he's going to supply all my needs because of his riches. He says, don't worry. So then what do I do? The answer to your worry is, he says, pray. As we have unlimited access to the throne of grace, we actually dialogue with the Lord. We can talk to him at any time. I don't need another human person to go for me. I don't have to wait till Sunday to tell the pastor to pray for me. Because you have placed faith in Christ, you have unlimited access 24-7 to the throne to actually talk, to actually pray. To actually dialogue. What's he say? He says by this prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So when I say prayer, we got to understand so many times we mix up prayer with a monologue. I just sit there and talk. When in actuality, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. I talk and I listen. Sometimes prayer is just you sitting there and you just may say, God, And you have undistracted time to just reflect and listen to what God has to say to you. Now, it could be an audible voice. It may not. It likely won't be. It could be, though, because God does speak like that. Two, it could be the Holy Spirit moves by this unction. It could be that it's like a small whisper. It could be through some through some kind of illumination or what he gives you through a scripture you read the week before. He brings to mind uh, the sermon or, or a song that you heard or a conversation that you heard before. And God uses all these pieces to speak to us in our time of prayer. Yet many of us don't experience God like this because we don't take the time to do so. We don't take the time. And it is best to have undistracted time, whether that's in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. But also when you're driving, sometimes cut the radio off, cut the phone off, talk to the Lord while you're driving. You know, while you're sitting there brushing your teeth, it's the time you're talking to the Lord. And yes, you can speak audibly and you can just talk in your mind. We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our Refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. 
Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. See, in those moments of crisis, sometimes when that worry starts to set in, we start to go to everybody else, and we, we talk to everybody, and we're trying to figure out who can fix it, and who can we get to, to, to get things right, and, and what can I do, and how can I take things in my hands, when in actuality, it may be an opportunity. God wants you to take with dialoguing with him so you can experience him in a fresh way as he provides you the answers you seek. That makes sense? Like, God may actually put you in a situation that's crunch time, that's tough, that's hard, that's dire for the purpose to strengthen your relationship and dialogue with him so that you can experience guidance and direction from him that you wouldn't have unless you were in that situation. So sometimes we got to praise God for those moments. We praise God when we're put in those situations. Why? So it's an opportunity that I can grow in my prayer time and in my prayer life with him. When you love somebody, you don't have a hard time talking to them, do you? Like when you care about, you think about, you know, think about back in the day that, that puppy love you might have had. You that teenager and you got that little crush and you just on the phone and you just ain't saying nothing. Just like, you hang up. No, you hang up. You hang up. I ain't going to hang up. You going to hang up. I ain't going to hang up. Next time one of y'all fall asleep on the phone. And you stay on the phone because you hope you wake up and then you just start talk, talking again. Just all love. Just, just care. Like that's all your focus. Just, just straight puppy love. I'm just excited. But you just want to talk. You don't have a problem talking with folks. When, when it's a loving, healthy relationship, like for, for, I thank God for me and my wife, like I look forward to talking to her. So when you love somebody and you got their relationship, you talk. When your relationship with the Lord is strong like that and you have a passion for the Lord, when you love the Lord with all your heart, it's not a problem for you to be talking to him. So if you have trouble talking to him, that's when we need to check. Where's your compassion and passion for the Lord? Where's your drive for the Lord? Are you seeking him as you should? Are you chasing after him as you should? Because it is very easy for us to get distracted and chase after and put our heart's desire after other things and other people. And they take the place of where he should be in our hearts. They take the place of where he should be in our focus. Are we seeking him? Are we driving him? Are we pursuing him? Because as we do so, it becomes less and less of a problem for us talking to him. And you find yourself in situations where you, you're always talking to him. But there's this open door for communication all times that I know that's where I'm going for my answers. He is the one I'm seeking. He says, be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. But there's a quote from Francis Schaeffer. He was a, a Christian philosopher, a very sharp guy. And he had, this, he had this, this, this quote on prayer that I just love, and I got to share it with y'all. He said, prayer is always to be seen as a person-to-person communication, not merely a devotional exercise. When prayer becomes only a devotional exercise, it is no longer biblical prayer. Man, that's oh, that 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 like that's, that was a punch in the gut to me a few years ago when I first read that. Cause I'm like sometimes we think about oh, I'm supposed to pray, Lord, thank you for this food. Do we about to receive? Oh, I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed we supposed to pray before we drive and go somewhere. We supposed to pray before we go get on the plane, right? You know, pray for the plane, y'all. You know, it's these times we supposed to pray, and we forgotten that it's actually about a relationship and open dialogue. And so as we grow in that passion for Christ and that open dialogue with the Lord, you know, it comes to where you just driving and you like, man, 
I don't feel like going over here, but Lord, you know, Lord, can you, I'm, Lord, I'm driving over here. I don't even know who I'm going to meet. Lord, I'm going to a restaurant, but I, you know what? If there's an opportunity for me to share my faith or just show the love of Christ, Lord, give me that. He says, be anxious for nothing but prayer supplication with thanksgiving. You know, you look at this with, with the supplication. You know, some of your, your versions may say entreaty, request. You know, an entreaty is it's an urgent request, a need. You know, just earnest prayer. Like, you know, sometimes you need something right now. Like, right now. I need somebody. Like, the water pipe just burst in my house. Lord, I need something right now. I need some help. Who do I call? How do I turn this thing off? Sometimes it's right now. Sometimes, you know, it's off. You know, we got a request like, Lord, you know, I got this test coming up in, in, in three months. And you, sometimes you got to change your prayer because your prayer got to be Christ-like, right? You know, don't be like, Lord, just let me, let me, let me miraculous do well on that test. Uh, Lord, let me study well for this test. <laughs> Lord, let me prepare for it. And then through my preparation, Lord, may you be glorified in my responses and do well. You know, that, change that up a little bit. But it's this, it's this request. You know, we ask. Now, one of the things is we got to be specific. Be specific in your request. Sometimes we pray in this devotional so it's so general. Instead of be specific. Be as exact as you can. You know why I say that? I say this for a reason. I say this, for, I say this because um, I encourage you on something that's like, like serious prayer time. Like serious, like it's dire, it's, a, it's an entreaty, it's, a, it's Write it down and be specific so that when God answers, you can check that thing off and see God is off the chain. Like it's, it's no ambiguity. You know, it's not it's not confused. Well, maybe God maybe it just, you know, maybe that was just a coincidence. Maybe that was just happenstance. No, be specific so that you when you see God respond, you can give God all the glory he's due because he's shown himself faithful. He says, be anxious for nothing but in prayer. And then he says this, with thanksgiving. He says, I want you to be thankful in the midst of the prayer. I want you to be thankful before you even receive an answer. He wants us to pray out of a heart of gratitude because we know who we are in Christ. He wants us to be thankful before we even receive the answer. And I'll tell you this. If the answer is wait, that's probably the hardest. That's probably the hardest. The answer might be wait. If the answer is no, oh, gonna start rejoicing. Gonna start, because if God said no, that means because he all knowing, he got something so much greater for you. Now that's hard because we don't like being told no. When we pray, he wants us to go with an attitude of thanksgiving. He wants to approach him with an attitude of boldness, thankful hearts because of who we are in Christ, and be specific, lay it at his feet. And then what does he promise? He promises peace. In this passage, he didn't say, present your request unto God and he'll give you what you ask for. He said, make your request known and he's going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I heard a story about these, these two guys that were given a, a task to paint a picture of peace. Well, I got painted a picture, and it was this nice flowing river and nice trees and a serene background, and it was just beautiful. Calm waters. And then the other guy painted a painting, and it was like death and chaos and, 
and war and just all kind of stuff all over the painting. And then it was this small little <laughs> guy in the background laying down, taking a nap. And he was like, that's how he understood peace. He was like, because this guy's at rest, even in the midst of all kind of chaos and death going on around him. See, sometimes we think peace is, you know, when, when everything is just okay. No, peace is actually when you understand all is made well, all is in order, and the outside, the exterior has no bearing on what God has given you on the inside. And when we understand peace in general is harmony. Everything's in order. It's done. You know, we all, we, we all understand that peace. You know, it's like that last day of school when the school bell ring. It's like, like it's done, right? Like you had, you had a calm you can't even explain. It's a calm because no deadlines, no more tests, no nothing. See, what he's telling us is don't be anxious. Yes, you have concerns. Yeah, you have things coming up. Yeah, you have things that could cause worry. Yes, they could cause anxiousness, but they're not going to cause it in you because you are my child. I am going to give you, as we dialogue, I'm going to give you a peace that you will struggle to explain to anybody else. Yes, it may look hectic. Yes, it may look crazy. Yes, it may be things going on all around you. But for you, you're going to have a calm. You're going to have a joy. You're going to have this peace, this serenity in the midst of it. Because you understand I'm taking care of you. He says, this peace, when you're, trying to, when you're raising kids, you're trying to teach them manners. You know, you're trying to teach them to ask for stuff. You know, may I? You know, thank you, please. You know, with, with a two and three-year-old, it's tough. Because they have such a confidence in their parents. They just come on whatever they feel in the moment. He just asked for it. They just come to you. Daddy, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. They come in. It's so they be specific. Daddy, it's some yogurt in the fridge. I want it. <laughs> you like, time out. Hold on. Come here, uh, Daddy. May I have? Please. You're trying to teach them. But they just come in with this boldness, with this confidence. Why? Because all they know is Daddy and Mama going to take care of me. I just need to go in there because I want something. I just need to go in there and tell them. Right now, playing. But when they little, they just come in. I, I need to go to the bathroom. Take me to the bathroom. And then you in public. You're like, man, say it differently. You know, I'm being nice, too, because they say it worse. But it's, it's, it's a confidence and it's a boldness, and they come to you. Christ is calling us to that childlike faith. The Apostle Paul in this passage is calling us to this childlike faith so that we understand, look, forget all that's going on in your time of need, whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need. He has all the resources. Just go to him boldly. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't get all untangled. Don't get all, you know, your wits all confused. No. In those moments, we pray. We talk to the Lord. We dialogue. Because we know even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of all kind of stuff, the scripture tells us in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Meaning those things that's going on, yeah, okay, it's going to work out for my good in the end. I know that. So in the midst of that promise, let me go to the Lord. Let me pray. And I expect, because he says so, he's going to give me a peace. 
And it's a peace I can't explain other than it's Jesus. It's a peace that it's going to be a testimony to you to tell somebody else, look, it's Jesus. And you can have this same peace, too, if you trust him. See, the reason we have this trust is we understand that Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, stepped out of heaven and was born into the world. Put on flesh. Lived a sinless life for me and you. Paid the ultimate penalty as our sacrifice, our substitute, so that by faith in him and what he's done in his life, death, burial, and resurrection unto new life, we know he's in control of all. So if I trust him, I have access to all when I need it. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the good news, I know I can have a confidence and I can have a confidence in my prayer. And I know that my God hears me because he went to such lengths in Christ to be nailed to a cross, to be buried in a grave and to be raised so that we may know my prayers don't fall on deaf ears. My, my prayers don't fall on deaf ears. He hears me. Don't worry. Pray. Because we know we got the promise of peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Unlimited Access series where we learn what prayer is and how to strengthen our prayer life. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Unlimited Access series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.